0: my friend are listening to the Happy Hearthstone, the longest running Hearthstone podcast in the history of space and time and cards. I am Guy Grumpy, co-host along with my good friend Noodle Swoop. Hello. This is episode 247 where we'll talk about the recent buffs and nerfs and a few other things that we've noticed uh, that's how it's affected the meta. Uh, We've we love recording this show for you, and appreciate those who listen and those who support us, like uh, Beef Squash and James W and Ridiculous Hat. You can join them in supporting the show over at Patreon.com/slash/TheHappyHeartstone. Now, before we get into it, though, uh, this is The Happy Hearthstone, so let's talk about what's making us happy. How about you, Noodle Swoop? What brings you joy?
1: I'm having having too much fun with gaming right now. I and specifically, I think the biggest thing that we actually were just talking about it before we started recording is uh, Mac Paladin in Wild is bringing me a lot of joy. I uh, built up a deck that uh, actually got a little bit of attention even on Twitter too, and it is uh, it's just I, I'm playing a lot more Wild than I am Standard right now, and having a blast and i was actually doing that even when uh before some of the changes that we're going to talk about actually took in an effect and having some great success so bring me a lot of joy to be able to just destroy the opponent on turn five with wind fury dragons so <laughs> definitely that is my happy moments from this past little bit how about you guy grumpy what's making you happy
0: you know mine's also gaming related there's so many things that i'm playing right now but i've actually gotten back to diamond five in hearthstone so you know on at least the standard side still working on on the uh the wild side with your your mech pally but jilly's also been playing a bit of hearthstone and she may be hitting platinum 10 for the first time this month so she's working on that as we speak but uh yeah kind of exciting to be back to where i used to be and uh, enjoying the game enough that i'm putting in the hours to, to get there Not sure that I still want to grind up to Legend yet, but I'm back. It's definitely a
1: little bit of a grind. And even Dad Legend sometimes is that fun place to be. And you know what? If that's what brings you joy, I say that's the way to play the game. I mean, it can be a little bit of an intense climb, even for myself when I'm in that final little push, like Diamond Mm -hmm. 3 to, to Legend. I know like there are times where I, like, I'll play a couple games and I'll win those couple games. And even after winning them, I'll be like, all right, take a break mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and step away because I'm a little stressed. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. it shouldn't be. It should be just like click play go, especially because the whole entire way, usually even along the way, sometimes I'm doing really well, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I know it can be stressful. And so, you know, enjoy the game the way that you're going to enjoy it.
0: Yeah, it just feels like the progress dies once you lose your star bonus. And then once at diamond five, then you lose the win streak uh, star bonus too. So, uh, you know, even if you're winning 60% of the games, you're, you're needing to play five games to make one star. Right. So uh, (laughs) it's still kind of, kind of too many games for me to invest in. Although, Uh, I do need to win quite a few more Death Knight. I think I still need like 300 and some uh, wins to unlock all the golden cards. So there's motivation to play for that as well. Definitely. So
1: since we've recorded, we actually were talking about the card review. That was our last episode. So there have been a couple updates that have come along the way. There was that initial patch that happened kind of like, a few days after the launch of festival of legends in which uh, it was 26.0.2. They just did a couple small changes where they hit construct quarter by reducing the durability from three down to two uh, vengeful walloper went from six mana to seven mana and the light ray went from nine mana to 10 mana. Not really a huge significant change, but something small to at least kind of tie this over until they hit the bigger patch which happened actually just recently and that was back uh, just actually just a couple days ago on Thursday and we had the update for this standard balance patch which is a much wider patch with a few nerfs but actually like a ridiculous amount of buffs. So the biggest change though comes from the change to the Death Knight class with that all Death Knight cards with any three rune requirement so frost 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 frost, blood and unholy or unholy 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 or blood 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 those are removed from all discover pools and from random generation effects with the dev comment of death knight is a very strong class right now This change weakens the class across the board. We also received a lot of feedback that one of the most frustrating parts of playing against Death Knight is when they're able to generate additional copies of these powerful triple rune cards, particularly when the card is one that the deck didn't have access to in deck building.
0: Uh, And I tend to agree with that, except I would say... It really only bothered me when it was something that they didn't have access to. So I'd almost rather that they just made it. That you could only discover things with the rune uh, combination that you have. Rather than, you know, necessarily getting rid of all the three. But that's just me.
1: Personally for me, I I actually feel like that's something that they could go to in the future. Once they've had like a full year rotation with Death Knight. Uh, right mm-hmm. now the card pool is actually really small. So even this update also makes it so that way other things are more easy to discover so like there's more mm-hmm. patchwork there's more as- asphyxiate and some of those powerful two rune cards are are like now easier to find mm-hmm. Overall, it did have an impact mainly for blood and for frost death Knight, which we'll talk about in a little bit as well. But a couple other updates also happened. Rowdy fan where originally whenever it was alive, it would continue to provide a plus four attack buff to a minion now has switched to only plus three attack. This has an impact when it comes to Lady Satheno and some of the powerful combos that are available for a late game kind of end swing. Additionally, Overseer Frigidara changed from 5 attack 6 health to 3 attack and 6 health, impacting Frost Death Knight, bringing down some of the power level there. And those are the big changes for standard... And one of the biggest changes for Wild was the Twig of the World Tree, where originally it was Death Rattle, gained 10 Mana Crystals. Now it's Death Rattle is refresher mana crystals. With the dev comment Twig of the World Tree is the best card in a really good deck, leading to some frustrating play experiences in Wild right now. The interaction between Twig of the World Tree and Sphere of Sapiens didn't exist when Twig was first printed. So this changes to Curb. This card's power level and bring it back closer to the original play pattern.
0: And the the problem really uh, for for that combination. I mean, that was definitely too powerful of combination anyway. But being able to then pull those uh, weapons made it way too consistent. Like legendary weapons, you wouldn't think are going to necessarily even come up every every game. But since there are ways to tutor them out, it uh, it really was painful to play against and a really bad play experience for opponents so uh, i think this this might have saved wild cuz that was getting a little little crazy yeah instrument tech being able to
1: draw both those weapons that that was the issue right that came with festival of legends and it made a major impact in fact personally for me i only saw like about a 60 play field that was druid and in fact it probably was even less than that but there were quite a few druids out there and so i think wild just ended up being like druid versus druid for a little while because it was just such a, such a powerful combination to, to go against,
0: especially at the lower levels. Like I was at, then it it was like what everyone was experimenting with. And even when we did the, uh, the card opening stream, when I did that and people played it against me, it was like super frustrating.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I, I know even for myself, like there were times where, because my deck was very aggressive, I was able to kind of get ahead of it, but, there definitely be some games where it was like, "Nope, you got the you got the combo. <laughs> That's good. I'm out of here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I think it's one of those things of like originally back when it was printed, you really did have to take all five of those swings, so wasn't really something that they needed to worry about, even with printing newer cards, like Guff but that obviously has changed quite a bit now.
0: Future-proofs it a little bit, so that's good. These nerfs were actually really good, though, for my dust, because uh, since I've started going to uh, the golden packs, I had like uh, 50 Rowdy fans in gold to uh, disenchant, so I made a pretty good dent in the number of missing wild legendaries that weren't golden yet. So That's awesome. Feeling pretty good about that.
1: I had quite a few Rowdy fans myself as well. I I didn't actually have the Twig of the World tree, so I didn't get any dust refund for that, sadly.
0: Yeah, I only had the one, so I didn't really get anything from that either. But (laughs) Rowdy fans made up for it.
1: But with that, we also had a massive amount of buffs, so we can go through those kind of quickly. Rockmaster Voon going from 4 mana to 3 mana. We had the Verse Riff going from 2 mana to 1 mana bridge riff going from six mana to five mana power slider getting an increase in attack and health with the old being one a- attack and two health with going now to two attack and three health shield block going from three mana to two mana bright and <laughs> flunky increasing its health so now it's a two attack three health minion instead of two two <laughs> and thori Balor going from the old rush. Death rattle go dormant. Cast a fire spell to revive Thoribelor, and it only revives two times. To now, it can revive infinitely,
0: or as many uh, fire spells as uh, a uh, <laughs> warrior will have in their deck, as
1: you can run or generate. Fair enough, because <laughs> there is that pyrotechnic mm-hmm. in Festival of Legends, so technically you probably could generate a bunch of fire spells depending on how long they, that you leave that pyrotechnic up. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, big impact for warrior uh, buffing major areas to include the the theme with the rifts. We've also seen shield block get increased as well. Definitely an increase in the power level for warrior. And in fact, I've seen some warrior lists going around on Twitter, various things to do out there from menagerie builds to uh, kind of an enraged. build build to now even some control packages that are out there too things that probably were even being experimented on before the buffs actually happened but now have a little bit more wiggle room because of the fact that the buffs did happen
0: yeah i've uh i've definitely felt the presence of shield block and the frightened flunky and for uh, like an early two three taunt doesn't seem like it would be all that frustrating but for some reason it is as an aggro player um it's just it slows you down just enough as they keep their hand full, uh, that they can get to their zok and I don't know how big I've even seen those taunts get, but it's uh, <laughs> definitely <laughs> not my play style.
1: <laughs> it's a black rock and roll happening for you too.
0: Yeah, yeah, and doubling the the draw one and double its stats, and mm-hmm. it's already doubled from the other guy. So yeah,
1: I, I've I've seen that happen as well. And in fact, people trying to run the Tony combo where they're trying to burn their deck and then steam clean it once they give it back to you. Mm-hmm. But even then, I still feel like that deck is supposed to be a meme like it's not supposed to be good but there that does not stop people from trying it and instead of oh, yeah. going more more like the actual like more solid build of like also including things like doubling the stats and getting a really big remornia and also getting some really big Trent stalkers and you've doubled their stats a couple times maybe you've even gotten down to martharin and being able to buff up the stats doubling them again or based off of the cost of them with black rock and roll i mean it's just there's multiple ways to increase those stats and then being able to have the taunts in the way and then you're also potentially even getting copies of them depending on which which taunt mini you're running so lots of different ways to go about it and uh, kind of an interesting place to be at for for warrior I still think there's a lot of experimenting happening and still kind of working on what that looks like but it may also be just that we need like a mini set to come along to really push it to that you know top tier level and then we also saw buffs to infatize the maxitude
0: infinitize the maxitude (laughs)
1: i can't say it right (laughs) you say it so much better than i do but with that uh now the spells that you discover are also reduced in cost by one
0: it's amazing how great that is uh in well especially in duels um that sometimes you can even cast it after you've you've discovered it and that can be something that changes the game it's fantastic
1: i i think it's a it's a great way to increase the the viability especially if you Do you manage to discover like that one mana spell that just happens Mm -hmm. to work out really well? Also, audio splitter was reducing cost to two mana. Also, saw a reduction in its health and attack, so now it's a three two mech instead of a four three. But you know, it's got that death rattle on it, so you want it to die anyways. Kind of fits and works out really fast for them. The big buff that we saw spite lash siren going from five mana to four mana with two attack and
0: five health so losing one health but uh getting that out a turn earlier uh and being able to potentially combo it to with another naga earlier to get that mana back is definitely a strong add although we haven't really i haven't really run into a lot of uh mage yet that are taking advantage of it
1: well i mean it's definitely something that is out there and that was a major deck that was being played Back when the sirens first came out Mm -hmm. players sitting there saying naga spell naga spell naga spell the entire time and Mm -hmm. uh, eventually you die and with the fact that there's different spells out there to to use now you know you got the light show and you've got rewind and you've got multiple ways to protect your own own face and then even potential to use some of the spells that bring back spells from in the past. So you could potentially make copies of sirens that only cost one mana and uh, (laughs) get ice blocks. It's there's a lot of different ways that it can go a lot of different builds. And I still feel like it's kind of one of those things where people are just working on exactly how that's supposed to be built. And then eventually we're going to see it kind of take the mainstay. And in fact, oftentimes I feel like this is one of those higher skill cap being able to think quickly about what you're selecting and making sure that you're picking just the right mm-hmm. things uh, mm-hmm. can impact your ability to be successful with it. Yep. For sure. I could see that being one of those things that it's used at the highest tiers of legend and maybe not so much something that we're going to see on, you know, as we're making our climb <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's more of a conquest formant type of a uh, deck arcane artificer went from one attack two health to one attack three health as well
0: i like that one um just as a mage player but you know i'm also kind of skeptical about armor um still it's amazing again in duels you know when you especially if you're playing like a bigger spell mage then this can be what saves you in the early rounds
1: i think it's really solid too when you consider the fact that the weapon is also there so like Every mm-hmm. time you're casting a spell, you, not only are you gaining armor, but you're also developing on board with the cosmic keyboard. So mm-hmm. I think they work really well together. And in fact, you could almost have an aggressive style where it's like a burn mage, and meanwhile, <laughs> you're also gaining armor and developing boards the entire time. It, it's solid.
0: So when we did the card review, then you had mentioned that you were excited to try Mage, and it seemed like that was kind of a short-lived thing for you. Has this reinvigorated your uh, interest in, in trying that again? or?
1: I did play it and I did make my own decks with DJ Manastorm, and it was fun, but I couldn't quite get it figured out. It does mean that I want to try it again, especially because part of the way that I was building it was with the Spite Lash Siren as well. Mm-hmm. I was actually kind of like going down that Nagara, but then, like, meanwhile, inside the deck was like, there's also these. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Pyroblast and there's also DJ Mana so like just when you think like wait I need to destroy all these Nagas because they're going to kill me with that I'm like no actually that's not how I'm going to kill you <laughs> <laughs> so I definitely think I need to revisit it uh, for sure I just need to take the time to set down my mech paladin and then I'll, I'll go back to it <laughs> <laughs> we also saw Strangle Thorn, hurt going from 10 mana all the way to 8 mana
0: I feel like this is a really fun deck to play, but I feel like I was always playing it on 10 anyway, just to maximize the number of beasts that cost five or more. And usually it wasn't on turn 10 that I'm going for it. And so until then, it's always just extra draw to try to get to those uh, things that draw things out faster. So maybe we'll see, see it more just because you can potentially get it earlier, but... I don't feel like there's going to be a, as much of an impact on this one. Just
1: the ability to be able to also do something else in that turn, or perhaps maybe you've, you've gotten to that point where, you know, you've gotten a, f- a couple or a few big beasts down that, that do cost that five or more. You've gotten out your mukla, Maybe you've played a banjo or two getting, getting to be able to make that determination a little bit faster makes it more powerful for sure. But Again, you do have to be able to, to make that happen quickly. We also mm-hmm. saw Haldron Brightwing going from the original Battlecry of just giving plus one spell damage to your arcane spells in your deck to also include your hand.
0: Which I haven't really experimented more with the spell side of uh, Hunter uh, as much. It feels like that would be a kind of a fun deck to play in uh, wild maybe with the, the, the quest. Yeah, should have have an impact for those that have tried that, and may may make me actually try it myself.
1: I know, uh, Funky Monkey was able to get actually really high up into legend using Arcane Hunter prior mm-hmm. to the introduction of Festival of Legends. So I'd be surprised to see where that kind of goes right now. Uh, I know that there's some great minds working on it. I don't know if necessarily this is the and I'll be all for yes. that as well. There might even yeah. be like the requirement of just having more arcane spells available to be able to really take advantage of this. Mm-hmm. And for shaman, we saw the k- buffs to jazz base going from two attack, two durability to three attack two durability, and altered cord going from five damage to six damage. Yeah. And flow rider going from 2 mana to 1 mana with a change in stats from 3 attack, 2 health to 2 attack, 1 health. And Lightning Storm going from Overload 2 to Overload 1.
0: And that Lightning Storm change is really huge. Uh, I really like it uh, as a way of keeping that control aspect and being able to break through. I really like the Jazz Bass uh, update as well. I think that puts it more in line with the other music notes or weapons. Not a fan of Lifesteal over 5 for anything, so... (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> that's just me that's just me and then Flowrider, you were really playing more for the the discover than for the body anyway so uh, I think that is a pretty good change these are all really good I don't know that it does enough to make the overload package work um overall but uh and at least not in this meta but definitely makes it more competitive
1: i think they're at least hitting those parts and pieces and again like like we've said we haven't even seen the mini set yet so there might be one really powerful mini set card for shaman that just really like makes that deck shine it's definitely a package so it's something that could be slotted into other decks in the future that may have a A bigger impact like there might be a big shaman that that really utilizes that package well we might see a few Mm -hmm. more other things come in in the next couple sets even that kind of work even better with it so more synergies happening but yes for right now that's not really the way to go in fact totem shaman is doing particularly well without even needing to have any of these buffs be part of that package so yeah For Warlock, we saw Crescendo go from 3 mana to 2 mana. We saw the Craze Conductor go from 5 mana to 4 mana with a change in the stat line by 1. So 4 attack, 5 health going to 3 attack, 4 health. Siphon Soul going from 5 mana to 4 mana.
0: All those are are quality. Um, I wasn't really seeing a lot of uh, Warlock early. These changes, I have seen more of that fatigue um, package start to show up. Um, so I, I think that this kind of hit where it needed to, um, for making it more viable. And
1: I think it's, it's one of those things too. I, I know I've seen quite a bit of Thaddeus, uh, like warlock mm-hmm. out there. In fact, quite a bit when I was playing, going crazy with my big paladin, I'd run into them and I'd feel like it was like almost a mirror match. It was like, who can get Thaddeus out first? Um, <laughs> <laughs> because whoever does that wins. <laughs> right. And the fatigue package was actually like a small part of it. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily every part was included, but some of oh, those right. tools were used just so that way they could be able to kind of have that sustained as they're going into those bigger swing turns. To me, I feel like every every step along the way, you're you're seeing slight increases just to bring stuff more in line with where the power level is currently for some of the other cards that are in standard and uh Mm -hmm. you're gonna see that impact you know happening as well across the board that siphon Mm -hmm. soul change for me is just massive
0: i feel like that's where it should be though so um even though it's health gain and you know minion loss for for uh those of us that like either big minions or um or the aggro uh i think that i think that's a a really fair balanced for for that especially with that power creep like you had talked about
1: and then uh rogue seeing some increases for some unique parts of rogue the record scratcher going from two attack to three attack and mc blingtron going from three attack and four health to five attack and five health.
0: That's where Blinktron should have been anyway. So I think that's just, that's probably even where it started and they didn't see it as much as they thought they would. So that's all good. The record scratcher again, just brings it in line with the other weapons. So
1: I know myself I've seen since the changes, I did see one rogue that was playing MC Blinktron against me and he kept a uh, shadow stepping or bouncing it back to his hand. So I was Constantly equipped with a broken microphone. <laughs> Let me just say, I did not win that game. <laughs> uh, but I I haven't seen much of it since. But it was kind of interesting to come across it that it actually did see some play. Now I don't know how 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 much my one experience matters in the meta, but. <laughs> it, 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 it may also be that uh, it just needs some more cards to make that happen. There might be a different package that comes out, some secrets down the line that create like a secret package that you're like building up until you get to that point. Mm-hmm. We'll see as more stuff comes out, but it's, it's fun to see that they're at least thinking about other ways that Rogue can be built beyond the miracle package. And uh, Holy Nova went from, 4 mana deal 2 damage to all enemies restore 2 health to all friendly characters to 3 mana deal 2 damage to all enemy minions restore 2 health to all friendly
0: that one's interesting to me because i felt like they were moving away from from the restriction to just minions to be more like the original um so to being all enemies so it's kind of strange that they would they would change that one to just uh just minions uh, but so this one doesn't bother me as much as I, I thought it would when I first read it and didn't realize that it restricted it to just enemies. Um, I don't know. They they definitely have better tools that do the same thing. So
1: <laughs> I think it's mainly just that they like they were seeing how the card was utilized in the overheal package currently mm-hmm. and setting up for some future proofing, right? Like this card is going to matter once we receive some other overhealed mechanics down the way, Mm -hmm. because they're even saying that overheal is going to be a mechanic that's going to be included in future cards, not just this current set. It's, it's an evergreen mechanic that, that has been included. So we're going to see it more often. And then Druid also got a couple buffs too. With It's interesting, Druid was doing well in the present meta, but they wanted to include a few more buffs for them too. So Curie ends up going from 4 mana to 3 mana and the Death Blossom Whomper Whomple. goes from 6 mana with 7 attack and 6 health to 5 mana with 6 attack and 5 health.
0: I haven't seen anybody using either of these just uh, I, I think that there's just better tools for them in a different package. Uh, but, you know, maybe it'll make people experiment a little bit more. The eclipses can be, can be really strong. Um, I've seen them a lot more in, in wild than uh, standard though.
1: Actually the, the Whomper I've seen come up because there's like a new, like Ozmet Druid that's going around where they mm-hmm. use the hedge maze to like be it a board clear using Ozymet. Um And, that's actually it's gotten me a couple times <laughs> i'll admit it but it also like kind of does some i don't know if that's the one that also does the mill package i think it does but there's a couple of different ways to go about it and this this minion was definitely part of it so it got a buff when it was already starting to, to see some play so it's uh kind of interesting although Still not one of the mainstay decks. In fact, after going through those updates, both of the patch notes also included updates for Battlegrounds. We're actually going to, we have scheduled to record in a couple weeks our Battlegrounds episode, in which we'll go through all of those changes that have happened in Battlegrounds with an invited guest as well. But with that, great to see kind of those impacts, but we're going to transition over to look at some of the decks that have made their mainstay into the best performing decks and with that initially what we saw at the top for the best performing decks included blood death knight frost death knight and pure paladin undead priest was kind of around as well and with the changes actually a majority of the buffs and nerfs as far as what we're seeing at the present moment haven't had that major of an impact But what we have seen is that the one nerf or the change to Death Knight where that discover mechanic actually has had an impact. Blood Death Knight and Frost Death Knight have fallen off of the top tier. And in fact, uh, now Unholy Death Knight, which actually didn't utilize a lot of the discover mechanics, has actually kind of been propped up as the mainstay for Death Knight going forward. And so... HS replay put out a tweet actually just before we started recording where they posted the best performing decks showing Undead Priest actually at the top with a current 61.2% win rate uh Unholy Death Knight shortly behind there with a 60.9% win rate and then Pure Paladin a 60.5% win rate and actually Big Demon Hunter is one of those decks that I would not have expected to all of a sudden see pop up there, but 60.1% win rate and Totem Shaman is at 59.7% win rate. And it's perhaps that because Frost and, and Blood Death Knight have fallen off, these other interesting decks that uh, were kind of in there in there and in the background, now all of a sudden are we're starting to see play
0: yeah, I haven't run into any of the big demon hunters now, but looking at that list it's uh it's something of interest. I'm just over nine hundred wins now with demon hunters, so finding something fun that uh, can can take me the rest of the way. Uh, that one definitely looks like it could be fun.
1: Yeah, I, and I know totem shaman even initially right out the gate from Festival of Legends, it was one of those decks that that was there in the background mm-hmm. and uh, something that a lot of people were still playing. I'd run into it from time to time and and sometimes just get destroyed and be like, well, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> so um, interesting to see that uh, making kind of some headway as well. Uh, Additionally, I always like to go to Donkey's website. He's, He's a content creator that also does a lot of the background information that leads into like the Vicious Syndicate reports as well that we've seen. And on his website, we can also take a look at some of the various decks and how they're doing. And this also, uh, that website also allows you to get access to streamer decks and to see what streamers are playing, where they're standing and rank-wise. It's a great resource, but you can also sort decks, and and specifically looking at the decks that are in legend because that tweet from HS Replay focused on diamond to legend. So that's kind of a wide area. It Could be from diamond ten all the way to into the top legend ranks. Uh, per- so win percentages can be a little bit. Uh, skewed based off of you know top performing players versus you know someone like me that's just minging around. <laughs> um, but looking at at the legend ranks, uh, we also still see pure paladin at the top with a sixty four point two percent win rate. Undead Death Knight, again, 61.9% win rate. And Agro Hunter is actually up there with a 60.1% win rate. Outcast Demon Hunter still around as well with a 60% win rate. And Shadow Priest there as well, 59.3% win rate. And Totem Shaman, again, 58% win rate there. So both lists kind of kind of saying the same thing. We're seeing an insurgence of different things, but Hunter is even out there as well giving us a chance to kind of see what we could play. So lots of different lists to to get a hold of. And so even though I know initially I I felt like there was a backlash from these buffs and nerfs that there wasn't a big change, I feel like that major first note that we got from the patch notes of the change to, to the way that Death Knight can discover and generate those triple rune cards has had a major impact.
0: And just another note on the donkey uh, site, he's actually pulling from both uh, Hearthstone Deck Tracker and uh, Firestone, so the two oh, major excellent. deck trackers that are that are being used. So um, that's a really good one to get a kind of a bigger picture, uh, which is why the percentages differ a little bit between um, between both of those uh, uh, sites. So,
1: and we'll definitely ensure that we include both links for those in the show notes for our listeners. <laughs>
0: I use both for different things, but I think I probably use Firestone the most uh, uh, because it has a lot better duels content, I think.
1: Nice. And so, I mean, with that too, we talked about a couple of the different resources that we could get to. We talked about the Donkey site as well as the HS Replay. And Guy Grumpy, you also, you said that there was one other way that you were being able to like kind of adjust your play pattern for when you were playing some of your decks what was that again
0: so for uh for work i've been uh, starting to need to experiment a little bit more with artificial intelligence and specifically around chat gpt we're starting to build in some integrations with the products that i support so just understanding how that all works i've been uh, diving into that a bit and uh started off uh, with the the uh the nerfs and buffs i just started creating some prompts for ChatGPT around Hearthstone and you know looking for decks to play and I it, it didn't do a very good job of creating decks uh, I'll I'll have to admit like I asked it to create a, a death knight deck like w- with a specific rune set and it threw in hunter cards and warrior cards and things like that so I wouldn't rely on it to create a deck but what I noticed then was that hey it put the deck together and then gave you a summary of how to play it. So then I started experimenting and saying, like, using as part of the prompts all of the cards that I wanted to put in a deck. And sometimes I had to give a little bit of explanation of some of the combos and things that I was seeing. But it would still go through and give you a su- summary of how to play the deck, and I actually found a few things like, "Oh, this is what I'm looking for in the mulligan," and this is what I'm looking for um, as I, you know, you know, combos that I might have missed before, and it did a decent job of that. Where I, it's not like perfect, but it still gave me enough that I could. Uh, I could make some adjustments to my play style. And so I thought that was really interesting um, and thought that it was a, maybe a good way for other content creators as they create their decks um, instead of having to necessarily write up the how to play um, uh, content that you run it through chat GPT once real quick just to see you know what they say and then you can edit that instead and it might make your content creation a little bit faster and let people understand what your thought processes were as you created the deck so highly recommend that you check that out it does take a little bit of time to learn the prompt learn how to do prompts and i'm still you know at the beginning stages of that but if you have any thoughts around that or ideas for prompts definitely let us know uh, in on twitter or uh, however you want to reach out to us maybe in discord
1: hey that sounds amazing if an
0: AI can help me
1: to play hearthstone better and <laughs> give me some tips and tricks on, on what I should be doing as I'm going into each event. I mean, clearly I'm not going to ask it play by play, but at least yeah. it can help me to become, you know, more aware of some of the various things that are out there to help me play even better. That sounds like a, a winning strategy, you know, knowing those resources that are out there does help us out uh, as well. So then the other big thing to note that has happened since we've recorded is actually our tournament scene. We've seen the return of tournaments. Guy You want to talk a little bit about what has happened so far with that?
0: Uh, so, uh, yeah, we were we kind of talked about the changes that they were making earlier in the year, uh, where they there's a significant reduction in what they were doing as far as the uh, the master's tour. Um, so they went from you know 300 to 400 people uh, participating in the master's tour down to 16 this time, uh, just based off of ladder ranking. So it was really difficult to get in, uh, but we did have a couple of familiar faces and and, and friends uh, make it. So um, McBanterface face and gamer rvg both from Hyperizon, who uh, was the esports team i helped to found um, uh, made it and they went back to twitch this time um, as well uh, and saw a significant increase in the number of people watching versus when they were um, exclusive to youtube Uh, they also expanded it so that it wasn't just on the play hearthstone uh, webpage at, or at play Hearthstone Twitch channel. It was also uh, opened up to other creators to uh, co-stream it. Uh, basically, they gave you an extra feed that you could get without the broadcaster uh, commentary, so you could do your own commentary. You had to sign up for it and get some, uh, you know, some vetting done first. Um, I was actually selected to do it. Uh, I was only going to stream it one day, but uh, ended up with a family thing um, that prevented me from doing so. But it was really uh, an interesting way of doing it because it allowed it to open up to other broadcast languages. Um, you could restream it at a different time so that uh, you could hit others uh, in the times that they were awake. And it ended up uh, raising the the viewership up to, I, I think it was 27,000 was the peak uh, on both days. So um, so compared to like less than 8,000 um, on, on YouTube, then this is a, Maybe a sign that things are starting to turn around a little bit and uh, that maybe it's not a dead uh, format. I,
1: I know for myself, I actually watched quite a bit of it because for me, it was really great to see high level play happen for Hearthstone and to see what you know definitely those high level players were doing with with the decks that were out there even got to see paladin get brought to it which was really not something i was expecting to see but um you know it was it, it was definitely interesting we saw a lot of mage and even rogue there was kind of a a a lot of different decks being played so it was a great experience for me to be able to kind of see what was there and and what the high level players are seeing as well because that's not necessarily where i play all the time but great to see the increase in the amount of viewership too i mean i know while i was there there were definitely there was banter going on throughout the whole entire stream and i enjoyed being there great Mm -hmm. to see also that they had a good variety of catchers casters added as well we even saw edelweiss as well as saddle lorinda like all the various different casters being added in uh so that was a fun experience too to be able to have uh different voices added to that experience was really cool
0: yeah for the first first one this year it was it was good i'm i'm Interested to see how it goes next time. One of the things I really liked about the Grandmasters was that it started to introduce kind of personalities to it, where you get a little bit more of the stories as people competed from season to season. And with the the restriction on the number of players um, this time around, then it's likely to be a different group of people next time. I mean, they can grind to the top uh, again for the next four months or however however long they do this. So three months, I guess, uh, but. Uh, I'm kind of expecting to see there to be a different set, Uh, maybe not completely, maybe one or two people still make it, Uh, but um, it'll be interesting to see how how that that all plays out. And if you still get that same kind of story, um, story driven uh, personalities going forward.
1: It, it definitely breathes new life into what is considered to be Hearthstone esports, and perhaps it will give them s- some uh, incentive to look at, maybe even going back to a different structure or in- increasing the amount of players that can actually uh, join in.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm kind of hopeful for that. I really enjoyed the 300, 400 player ones that were all day events, and you could just sit there watching uh, endlessly. And especially if they allow the co casting when the, if they can go back to something a little bit larger. Um, I mean, even if it's not to that same scale, if they you know just expanded it to 64 uh, players or something like that, it would be very entertaining. Yeah, I don't know, just expand it again. Um, doesn't have to be to the same level, uh, but I definitely would would appreciate seeing it be healthy again.
1: <laughs> and I guess that brings us to the card of the week.
0: So Guy Grumpy. So those of you who listened to the last episode know that we're probably never going to be at that level again. So I just want to lower expectations a little bit this time around.
1: <laughs> uh you say that I feel like it was a fun song, I feel like every song has, has its own right and place to be.
0: (laughs) Just want to reiterate. That was just so amazing. Um, so (laughs) thank you for raising the bar. Um, it's really hard to follow that though. So, uh, this one, uh, I I we have this rock and roll theme or musical theme in this set, so there's so many options to pick, uh, and some of them are obvious, and some of them maybe not so much. But uh, there's one card in particular that I thought, hey, this one could be a lot of fun, and requires a little bit of uh, accoutrement. So you could probably guess what I, where I'm going, but you'll you'll understand as soon as I get started here. All right, so I've got my prop right here. There's a cow neutral plays her bell solo. She can do a little damage when she's the only one on your board. She's never truly alone. Come on, baby, let's hear the cowbell. You're in the groove. Let's hear the cowbell. Don't matter what they say. Let's hear the cowboy. You're the star of the day. Cowbell soloist. Cowbell soloist.
1: Wait, wait, wait! Stop the recording! Stop the recording! Guess what? I got a fever, and the only prescription is more (laughs) cowbell. Just kidding, guy grumpy. That was amazing! I can't believe that you pulled out all the stops there for our listeners and guys. I mean, you got to give it up for Guy Grumpy doing us a favor with that card of the week. Be sure to let us know what you think. Go on to our Twitter, respond to us there. Let us know what you think of the card of the week. You can also leave a review on your favorite podcast source. And of course, if you want to, you can always join us over at our patreon.com slash the happy And for just a dollar a month, support us monetarily as well. But we will see you on the next episode where we'll cover all the Battlegrounds changes with our good friend, Tresta. So, We look forward to hearing from you soon. All right. And that's a wrap. Bye for now.